Welcome to No Challenges remaining on day 14 of the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open is over. We finally have a men's champion in Dominic Team. It was not pretty getting there, but it is over. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined, not as expected, by my German colleague, Yannick Schneider, who hopefully will be on the show sometime soon, but by Reem Abuleil, our Middle East correspondent, who is heroically stepping in. Reem, thank you for joining NCR Last Minute at the end of what I know has been an impossibly long two weeks for you. So thank you for being here. You are a hero among heroes. It's been a journey. It's been a journey. As Dominic's team said, our journeys have taken us far away. Together. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to join you. Happy to be here too. Okay, so this match, let's get right into this match. Do we have to? <laughs> I was covering the wheelchair finals today, doing a story on the wheelchair tournament, which originally wasn't part of the schedule. So I was not watching super, super closely for the first like hour and a half of this match, but I was I had it on at the beginning and mm. Sasha Vera came out firing. Like he was hitting the yeah. ball big, he was playing positive proactive tennis i was like where i was really happy actually because i was like where has this been why wasn't it well i was it was bittersweet because it was great to see but also like if you could do this the whole time why weren't you doing this at all in this tournament but he was playing like mm. using his gifts well using his weapons got up six two and then five one in the second set right mm. just really dominating mm. team meanwhile was off couldn't really find the court but zverev i think had a lot to do with that right that was my take anyway at least from the parts i saw please correct me if i'm wrong i'm probably wrong but I saw Zverev doing just as much great as it was team being off. Is that wrong? I think, I think it was a combination of both in the sense of Zverev doing everything he should be doing yeah. and team doing absolutely nothing that he should be doing. He also seemed a bit slow, like his, his legs were heavy. I'm assuming that's nerves. I'm talking Dominic. Because mm -hmm. he, he, he was slow. Like He's usually explosive and he wasn't at all, like at all. And he wasn't doing anything on Sasha's serve. Sasha dropped three points on serve. But he, but he was total. serving pretty big, right? The parts I saw, Sasha? He, he was, but also Dominic was, and he did that actually throughout the full five sets. It's just standing way back on Sasha's second serve. So he wasn't even getting in his head, you know? You know, when Andy, that's what Andy was doing. He was stepping inside the court right. when, when Sasha was on his second, and he was just double faulting, right? He didn't even try doing that. I mean, it was it was it was bad from team and very good from Sasha. So it was, I feel like it was a combination of both. I mean, team stubbornness on the return of serve, which has been a through line talking point of this podcast during this U.S. Open and on social media, has been you know he's been very stubborn with that. Even when Sasha when Sasha you know was struggling with double faults, he never really came in on on second serves for this whole match. It just isn't something he considers. And mm -hmm. you know people will say, well, he won the tournament, so it doesn't matter. But it was it was confusing and frustrating throughout on that front. Anyhow, so no, yeah, yeah and he almost the thing is he almost lost multiple times tonight, mm -hmm. and not once did he tell himself, you know what. I'm going to go a bit crazy and step inside on the second serve. I mean, the first set, Sasha on team's second serve, he was killing him. He was killing him. Mm -hmm. He won like 70% of the points on Dominic's second serve. And I'm like, dude, you're not inspired at all to try and <laughs> do the same. You can do this too, yeah. So anyway, so from 5-1 up in the second set, from 6-2, 5-1 up, Zverev is rolling and then he starts slowing down. It gets to 5-4. He wins the set 
But then, and I feel like we've had a really similar narrative in a lot of these matches, actually, this weekend, mm-hmm. where there's just kind of a clear turning point midway through, whether it's Kray Nabusa and Zverev, whether it's Azarenka Serena, whether it's Azarenka Osaka, mm-hmm. you know, where there's this kind of hinge in the middle of the match, right? And I think yeah. we got that pretty, even maybe Zverev, Chorich, you want to throw that in there. I think that this was very clearly that. Like, even once, even though it wasn't scoreboard tied yet, I just kind of felt like, okay, now here comes team and it's something that mary carillo has said she said on tonight's broadcast on the world feed which was excellent throughout and jimmy arias is also fantastic doing color and jimmy was not impressed with this match at all which was consistently amusing it was amazing but he was he was so amusing just literally picking apart dominic like returning from manhattan and uh, sasha double faulting and doing what he does you know he was savage. But, but what mary carillo says is that she says is it harder and she said it late in this match is it harder to come from behind or, or sorry, harder mm-hmm. to come back from behind or harder to come back from ahead right and it's just yeah, interesting to return a phrase that. there and i think that this U.S. Open is really showing that it can be hard to come back from ahead. And I think Daniela Hantikova talked about this on Tennis Podcast, or at least paraphrase. Anyway, I saw a tweet about it. I haven't actually listened yet. But she was up, to use the Hantikova example, she was up 6-love, 2-love, famously, and then I'll show you in the semifinal against mm. uh, Ivanovic, 2008. One of the most infamous, mm. memorable matches in my life, the squeaky shoes match, everything involved there. When that changes, and you've been doing so well, it can be hard to respond to adversity midway through. And there was so much time in this match too, because this match was long. It was four hours or so. Yeah. But there should have been more time. But it is, it is in some ways you get put in advantage when you, when you can respond with momentum, right? Especially in a best of five format, maybe. Team turned it in his favor, and then it was kind of one way traffic the other way until it got kind of even, I guess, in the fifth set. Well, actually, he got broken in the first game of the third. Team. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the break back was kind of, I feel, more of even the turning point. Right. Even though, okay. like, we saw that he was getting better. Yeah. So I feel like that that made a huge difference, the fact that he broke back. And here's the, But here's the other thing I saw is that, again, as much as team broke back, it was also about Zverev retreating into his older in the tournament self, right? He started mm-hmm. – he stopped yeah. doing what he was doing so well in terms of really slamming down serves and firing the ball and being super proactive on court positioning. He started drifting backwards. He started seeding the court. He started playing not to lose again. The way, mm. and I think that Zverev played so great in the start of this match because I really thought that he felt he was an underdog, right? Going against a higher ranked guy, yeah. more experienced, he's two and seven against, he can kind of feel like nothing to lose thing, right? And then from two sets up, yeah. you start feeling everything to lose. And from this stage in the match, as much as it became about physical and, and team obviously was having physical issues by the end, this was such a mental battle the whole way, like from really clearly, I think from halfway on, it was just all about like who can get their mind right. And no one really could for long stretches. Yes, because at some point it was like, no, you win. No, you win. Like, no, you win. And it kept, that kept happening for a while, like, especially towards the end. And yeah, I mean, we're seeing it a lot as well with people serving for sets or serving for matches and getting broken. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that's kind of been a theme a little bit the last few rounds because Sasha, sir, I, can't, I, can't, I don't know how he will forgive himself for this. But he served for the match at 5-3 in the fifth. Yeah, he did. And, and I think that considering how successful he was on serve early in the match, I guess it was, it, it's right what you're saying. It's, it's very hard to come back after you were ahead. You know, I, I think it, it just was so hard for him. But even Dominic then served for the match and couldn't. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was all psychological, to be honest. And, and, and that was it. The, match, the tennis was not great. 
the sentence was below average, I would say, but I guess if you're kind of the kind of person who gets entertained by like the psychological part of the sport, that may have been interesting for you. Look, but I, I, you know. I mean, by the end, right? I was, we were just talking to Courtney about it, who said she didn't watch the point of this match. But mm. by the end, I could appreciate where it was. And I would actually happily rewatch the end of this match, like the last half hour, just knowing that these are what the stakes are, right? Because we had all said, I think at least Courtney and I said, and other people have said on the show, this week, like what we want is for somebody who who is whoever becomes this first men's slam champ to like really step up and like make a statement being like, I'm mm. here, I'm announcing myself. And that's fully what we started. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's fully not what we got. Had Zverev finished the match the way he started and really laid down like a two, one and three beatdown of team, that would have really mm. announced something, right? That would have really clarified something in some meaningful way, I feel like. But he didn't do that. Yeah. And instead, we get this, like, absolute grind. And, yes, it does make you appreciate things about the sport more and more. Like, it's really tough to win a Grand Slam, even if you have the talent, even if the other guy's not playing particularly well. The mental challenge of summoning your best when it counts, but some you've been waiting for your whole life. And, you know, these guys have been on tour, even though the team is older. They've been on tour about the same amount of time because Zverev started so young on tour. And they've both been so ambitious for so long. and been talked about as this thing. And when it's right there and you can't come close to, to grabbing it and you don't have, you just don't feel like you have it and you're feeling heavy and everything, like, it's hard, man. Yeah. That's, like, what I was thinking, like, an hour after the match. Like, this really shows how incredible it is that we have people who've won these things 20 times, right? That we have a Federer's mm-hmm. 120, we have Serena's 123, Nadal's 119, Djokovic's 117. Because... Look how hard it is to win one, right? Look what anguish it is to win one. They made it. They made it look hard. You know, so often we talk about players making it look easy. They made it look hard, and not to pick on them too much, but there were just moments, yeah, where like even when they're even like playing from behind a little bit at the end, when Zverev down championship point in the tiebreak, I think it was yeah. at se- it was the sound four six, six, yeah, six five six maybe five six. I think mm. he hits an eighty six mile per hour first serve that he misses pretty badly but just again like mm. 50 miles below what he's capable of because he's been hitting in the mm. high 130s and then a second serve at 68 miles per hour like even sarah mm. arani can walk back walk past that speed comfortably when she wants to and yet he wasn't punished for it can you believe that like and that just shows it shows what the grand slams are and it really does in some ways i think kind of argue argue against the asterisk because this wasn't because the stakes weren't lower you know because if it wasn't mm. if it wasn't a real grand slam quote unquote this us open you don't get tight like that and that's kind of my thought yeah but i also think that there are so many others who were put in that position i think of a naomi osaka in her first grand slam final i think of even a marin chilich like i think of other oh, i think sure. of a del potro and i think of these people and i'm like it it there are you can't you can be bold in these situations. It shows mental strength. It shows a lot of things that I did not see today or I, people are different. And, and I think maybe one of the, uh, something that may have played a factor today was the fact that they're very good friends. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe that means something, you know, like it, maybe that contributed to the fact that it got like super tight in the end. They got in each other's heads. They know each other so well. I don't know. They weren't, they weren't getting fired up like they might be had it not been their friends across the net. And that was definitely a factor. But also Sasha at some point was like, let's go after Dominic team double fault, which <laughs> was kind of funny. That was kind of I'm funny because I was like, that. yeah, 
yeah 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 no it's fine but it was kind of funny especially that he is his friend but yeah so no i i see what you're saying of course it's hard but i also feel like i would have loved to see someone like you said like someone really rise to the occasion someone be like i want to play my best tennis sasha did that for a bit but then it didn't last and then it got really messy i mean i'm trying to be sympathetic i'm trying to be sympathetic to everybody in 2020 on some level you know maybe devil's advocate sympathy here in this moment when so many people have been down there's been i got i will say i got very split responses in my mentions all match some people were like this is what tennis is all about like who can fight the nerves some people were like my god this is terrible like people had strong opinions in both directions about this match, which is which is fine and to be expected. And and just in terms of being sympathetic, and you heard in the in the trophy ceremony, Zverev talking about his parents how they couldn't be here because they both tested positive for COVID and they weren't allowed to make the trip and be in the bubble, and that was obviously tough on him because he's such a uh, you know family guy. He's such a he's so, so attached to his parents. We're at every tournament with him and his dog and everything. And it's just all a family unit. Mm. Being apart from them, even though I I remember some people saying that that maybe helped him during this week to have the parents mm. away and maybe it did maybe it helped but also was was painful and then yeah. also you know we're playing in a pandemic and we said before the tournament right playing best of five could get ugly at this tournament if guys aren't mm. prepared and maybe that's just what we saw by the end right maybe that's what we saw in these last two rounds which were not spectacular by any stretch and three rounds for sasha like that you know even if the fitness is there the rest of it isn't totally there and and having yeah, I don't know. I'm, I I I I I want to be generous people in this time, and I in, including Zverev, <laughs> in in these circumstances. But at the same time, you're right, Reem, in that this was one of the worst combined efforts we've had in a Grand Slam in a long time, and somebody had to win. And Team was the guy who won it, but it doesn't mean that he would have beaten many other players this day. If you transported other players from their past Grand Slam performances, you know, your Marin Cilic mm. is in 2014, your Marin Cilic, even in the 20, I don't know, like 18 Australian Open would have beaten the team today or whoever else you want to say, mm. like, or, or Anderson. Hell, even around yeah. or even around it. Yeah, like, def or definitely Ronich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's also someone like Sasha, he dropped like six sets on route to the final, which probably again someone who who hadn't played in many months this is rough like entering a final and dropping six sets on route and then also i think just mentally the fact when that when novak got defaulted it must have played in their heads oh, there completely. is no way yeah especially sasha i mean he said it and it was in, was like, it was in sasha's path too so even more so with him exactly so i think that all of these things add up somehow and also Dominic probably physically wasn't really okay I mean we know he had this Achilles problem at the end of his like in his last match he got a medical time out at 6-5 in the fifth when he was about to serve for the I match know, who right, does that right before to serve for not, the match that not, is the sorry, weirdest a, a trainer thing visit not a medical time out I should be clear a trainer yeah visit. yeah he just got like his thigh rubbed or something so it may, it may have been cramps who knows I don't know but yeah I mean I think it was just a bunch of things together I really hope they don't make a habit of 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 playing this nervously in matches and uh, slam matches moving forward because yeah that was for me personally I mean I watched the whole thing yes it got in the end it got tight so then it, like you don't know what was gonna happen that that makes it a little bit exciting Dominic had a few outrageous passes after failing on most of his passing shots he had some brave moments for sure team had some brave moments yeah yeah, like a, a couple of forehands and stuff like that that were like, oh, wow. But he was still hitting them from the, like, the backboard, which I still find fascinating. The thing, yeah. the thing with, 
I wonder with Zverev, because Zverev is the through line here, right? Like the three matches that were the most kind of excruciating in the second week of the tournament were all Zverev matches. It was the Chorich yeah. match, the Cranio Busta match, and the team match. Is that just some and that and that's a skill. I mean, like I look when I not that my tennis career is anything that ever is relevant on this show. When I was playing like middle school tennis, um, and I changed my game eventually, not that anyone cares, but like I was such a pusher. I would just like push, 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 and then obviously playing against other twelve year olds, they would eventually miss, right? And they would yeah. get mad. And you know, Sasha was bringing big pusher energy to this tournament in a lot of ways. He was he was you know doing that and making guys drop their levels and not play their best and that is a skill and that's something that i don't know how sustainable that is it's being a top player you know and granted we've seen players mm -hmm. who do that more purposefully like you know you mentioned like a wozniacki type who's really good at making players uncomfortable more than really mm -hmm. trying to play a game versus a game but zverev almost did it it was almost enough as much as we were hoping it wouldn't be enough gosh it was almost enough he was two points away from winning this match yeah yeah. And as Jimmy Arya said, he didn't even need to serve. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it was on Dominic's serve. But yeah. No, I also, look, I, I think that with the Chorich match in the quarterfinals and the Carreño Busta match in the semis, Zverev was definitely pulling his opponent's levels down and it was really bad. I think in this match, the start was wow. And I was like, oh my God, look at him. Yeah. Like, this, is, this is him when he, when he wants to dictate. This is him. But it's just crazy how the con as soon as the confidence on the serve disappears, it's game over, right? And it obviously makes sense because serve is a very big part of his game. But like even in the rallies, like it just he just loses confidence completely, and that was the weird part for me. So um, yeah, it was it was kind of a tale of two halves, or exactly. No, that was that was the thing that I just felt like there were so many matches in this tournament that were like kind of bisected like that, bifurcated like that. Mm. Which is just, it's, it's yeah. not usually how I think of tennis matches being, them being that kind of like, you know, U turny. I can think of them having back and forth and ups and downs, and certainly the fifth set of this match had those. But big picture, it was yeah. really a, a, yeah, a turn midway through the third set. So, and again, this goes, this goes to the best of five format. Like, if some people love that, right. some people are like, it's great, you know, that there's more rope for guys to get tangled up in in a match and more rope yeah. to hang on to for the guy who's losing. But it also just makes a big naughty mess sometimes. I also wonder, like, when was the last time someone came back from two sets down in the semis and then lost from two sets up in the final? That is a very bizarre sequence of events. Yeah. No, that also goes to kind of what uh, Courtney was saying on the show last night, where it's because Vika lost mm. one with one scoreline, 1-6-6-3-6-3 in the semis, mm. and lost with the same scoreline, 1-6-6-3-6-3 in the final. And, yeah. like, you kind of overcorrect what you're doing. Like, Zverev had to go out there thinking, after losing, you know, and his quarter, he lost the first set 6-1 to Chorich, and then he lost, was down 6-3, 6-2 to, to Karina Busta. And he has to be thinking, like, I need a big start today. And he does, and he gets mm, that. But yeah. then uh, but then he is not finishing in the same way and, and has more pressure late instead of having, you know, being able to swing a little freer late. Anyway, Dominic Team is our US Open men's champion. He's 27 years old. He's the f first new person to win a Grand Slam in six years. He... Mm. Since, since Marin Cilic of the 2014 U.S. Open. What does this mean for Dominic Team? Does Dominic Team now take his place as, like, the fourth member of a new big four now that he's a slam title and it's been a guy who's been in four finals? Is he sort of the new Murray in that, in that you know, gr group of four oligarchy? Or is he still 
not did this not actually change anything for him? How do you think he takes this going forward? I think it helped. I don't know if I, I wouldn't call it a big four with him, but I always think that he has always been there. There's been a gap between team and the rest. Yeah. Until Sasha this year only started doing well at the slams. So maybe maybe that's what it is. It's more like Murray when people call it like a big three plus one. Maybe he's the new plus one. Yeah. I think he's you. He's reliable, yeah. and I think that's something. He's reliable in big matches, and he keeps improving every time, right? Like he's a very. I feel like he's so methodical. Like he's like, okay, the first time I played against Rafa at the French in a final, like I couldn't get a set, and then I got one set, and then I got two sets. You know, like this is how he is, and then he got three sets this time. So like, he he's 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 the kind of guy who like I'm reliable that way. Just give me my time, and then I will keep delivering. And he does keep delivering in his own pace, you know? So, yeah, I, I think he's always been ahead of the, the rest of the pack. And now, probably now that he is a Grand Slam champion, he's, he, look, he's, a, he's, he's, I think, the current Vavrinka of the situation, I would say, maybe. Maybe, although I, I think that it's interesting with team because we talked about this, again, I've done so many shows in the last two weeks, I feel like I've talked about everything at this point, but, like, there's this sort of fake-it-till-you-make-it idea, right? That, like, mm. he now has a Grand Slam. He now should go into every Grand Slam being like, hey, I've won one of these. I can do it. I'm not 0-4 and in finals. And that belief is real, even if it came, you know, even if it wasn't pretty. And I, I, I'm kind of sad I didn't get to write, send my tweet of Zverev winning. Some of my Zverev tweet was good. <laughs> I had both pre-written of what they were going to do, what, what they won. And Zverev mm. was about how this, like, um, let me go to the drafts folder. Hold on. This, like, long-time golden child-in-waiting men's tennis uh wins his first slam and but it was a lot more about brass than it was about like glitter you know about being mm. about being solid mm. and team has never been a glittery kind of player per se he's never been like that he's always been seen as kind of a workhorse player i think in terms of his physicality mm. and just how like hard hits the ball and how what a hard worker he is in the mountains of austria and whatnot <laughs> but yeah I, I think it does i don't think that he gets what Vavrinka's wins were so different because Vavrinka was like really like stepped up and beat the big guys to do it, right? True. That was true, so. True. So this, it, it's he. It's this. But more, Dominic yeah. did beat a Novak in in France, like in the French Open, oh, twice. on his way to a final, twice, yeah, right? Twice. Like he did that, yeah. And um, and I th- no, I I think it's difficult, obviously, to compare them. But I feel like oh, first of all, Dominic has fans, right? Like actually, people, it, the people who are like like players outside the big three or four really like team in general like i feel like he has fans i feel like people expect him to do well he has had like three bad early losses in the last two years in slams but other than that he goes deep every single time okay so like besides like the the wimbledon first rounds that he's lost and and last year at the us open house in the first round honestly he was always like making Fourth round, quarterfinal, semifinal. Like, he, he was going deep. And he's, he has enough wins over the big three. You can't count him out of any match, right? He's beaten all of them r- repeatedly. And you know what? I, found, I saw a stat uh, in the media notes where Dominic Team has won the second most tour-level matches on tour since 2016. Of course, because he plays a lot. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> it is a volume situation. But... Uh, he has won more matches on tour than Rafa since 2016. He's right behind Novak. Yeah. And he's only seven matches behind Novak. Do you think he, That's a lot. Do you think that he can 
Well, okay. Two thoughts. One on his previous tournament, one on his next tournament. Okay. How much do you... Cause I got to say, I read too much into him losing to Krajinovic as badly as he did. One and two. First week. of the. Uh, I don't know why you did, though, because Krajinovic is the kind of guy who can do that. Right, but it's also team like taking such a bad L. And I was like, wow, these courts are fast. He can't handle it. I did not account for how much slower Ash would be. I'll put that out there. But also, team did well, like in London, uh, in O2. That's a fast surface. I, I, I like, feel like people thought like the US Open was like, so, I was always hearing it's wow, it's so fast. And I just don't think it was so fast on any level on Ash. Anyway, so okay. so that's one, one kind of thought I have. And then my next thought is looking forward to the team's next event. Can he, you know, with this confidence, with this title, like really contend at the French Open? Can he can he make a meaningfully deep run there? Or do you expect him to sort of do it a lot of first time slam? I feel like he's gonna be white. I I just think he's gonna be tired, both mentally and physically. I think this is a guy who's played twenty eight exhibition matches during the hiatus. That's that's a lot. Okay, so he didn't. He wasn't even fresh when he went to the states. Yep. I mean, that's that's even if there are exhibitions and everything. That's a lot of effort. That's a lot of traveling back and forth. I don't know. I don't know. He did that, and then obviously this was difficult, and he seems injured-ish or something. He, he mentioned, he told Blair Henley in his interview that physically he's had issues. So I think it would be crazy. It's such a quick turnaround. The jet lag alone, it's a six-hour time difference, and Rome starts tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, tomorrow. I just said tomorrow and left. Yes, Rome starts tomorrow and French Open is in two weeks. So I don't know. I mean, he's used to playing a lot, but I think, it, I think it's going to be a bit much. I don't know. I, I, I personally feel that, especially after a slam win, I think it's going to take a lot, of, a lot out of him. That's my feeling. It has every right to. I mean, there's no reason he should feel pressure to like, oh my God, I got to go win the French Open now. Like, dude, you want to slam. Your year is set. Your career is set on some level. You you got the thing you've always wanted. But also, he's so much better than everybody else on the surface. Oh, that's also true. So and he'll have, and, there, and there's two full weeks to rest. You know? Well, if I were him, I wouldn't play Rome. I hope he's not in. Is he in the Rome draw? I hope he's I out. That, I should, let me, let I me look. I'll look. Because I hope he's out of there. One second. Because I honestly don't know if he is. He is not in the Rome draw. Okay, so at least that's the first time ever. Rafael Nadal. Okay. I love that the Rome draw has like just as many top ten players as the U.S. Open did, pretty much. As and the and women's Rome draw has more top ten players than the U.S. Open did. <laughs> yeah, way more. Yeah. No. So, yeah. What were you gonna say? What do you think he's gonna do? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I I just I just hope that he can bask in this for a while. You know, I hope that he can just. I hope he enjoys this. I'm sure he will. Like you could tell, like. It was just as sweet for him. He sits down on the bench. He collapses the ground, everything. Like, does he care this match was ugly? No. Hell no. He's a Grand Slam champion now. Like, utterly no reason he should care what what I think of this match, how he played, or anyone thinks this match, how he played. Like, he is, you know, he won. And that's all you can, all you have to do is win seven matches at a Grand Slam, right? And 127 guys did not do that. Dominic team did. He took advantage of the opportunity. It wasn't pretty, but he did something he you know, on some level, didn't know he could do. He won a Grand Slam. But also, he played really well up to the final. I agree. Yes. Like yes, he, exactly. Yeah. Like, the, the match with Felix, the match with Dimonor, Medvedev the was, match with Medvedev yeah. coming through in straight sets. That was not easy. That was quite clutch, actually, to win both tie breaks and break back in both sets when Medvedev was serving for the set. So I feel like his buildup was very, very strong. 
and which which is why it was quite a bit of a shock to see how badly he played at the beginning yeah. but yeah good for him good for him i'm happy for him i think he deserves it i think it's been a long time coming he's been building towards this and yeah i mean yeah i think he, i think he's, he's gonna win more slams too so there you go how about zverev Where, what do you think zverev takes from this kind of defeat he looked obviously crushed afterwards we are recording this at 10 p.m roughly now and it's been a couple hours since this match finished i believe and there's still no time for zverev for press which usually means mm. person's taking it hard or they just are having trouble peeing for a drug test but what mm. what do you think about zverev how does he bounce back from this i think actually he probably takes confidence because if it's he, his first final knowing the way he it's his first final and actually his first semi-final was only a few months ago mm-hmm. earlier this mm-hmm. year right also, he came this close to winning. And I feel that he, because he's kind of, he, he's, he has an arrogant personality. It, it serves him well in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is arrogant enough to think that, to look at this and be like, oh, like I gave this to Dominic. I flopped in a couple of points. I'll be fine. I think in general. And he should think that way. He should think that he came so close and it was his first final. I just think that he really needs to figure out the serve situation. Like, to go from being so good to immediately the double faults creeping in. He had 15 doubles today. Okay, it was a long match, but still, like, he needs to figure that out. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that's the biggest problem. I think that's, it's, a, it's a big psychological problem. But it's also got to be so encouraging for him to know and for his coaches to know. Like, Sasha, you played, like, nowhere near your best, and you almost won the U.S. Open. Like, that's yeah. got to be pretty inspiring right to be to know that you can do so much better and yet to almost have it be good enough that and he's very good at thinking that way because you know when like in his pressers when he starts like reciting his accomplishments like from day one and he'd say i've won three masters Mm -hmm. you know like he would always when he was still losing at the slams and so he's quite good at at pointing out what he's good at or what he's done and and he, he takes confidence from his accomplishments and he has done a lot I mean, he's, he's been top 10 for a while. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it will set him back. I hope, yeah. I, I think there's every, I think he could absolutely come out and win the French Open, honestly. Well, okay. The French Open's going to be a different kettle of fish because Rafael Nadal is going to be there in, in it to win it, and we assume that Novak Djokovic will be more careful with where he puts his balls, right? So mm. with those two guys back on track, do you think that one of them, too, is going to win the French Open? Yes. I, I mean, I, that was an easy <laughs> yeah. question, but yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. And specifically Rafa, specifically Rafa, do you think Rafa, we have not seen no, any of? No, either one, honestly. Because yeah. I think Novak will be fueled after yeah. all the stuff that happened, that he'd be like, you know what, I'm going to win every single match. And so I think, I think it's going to be one of the two. Obviously, Rafa has, has built his entire break towards this. Mm-hmm. And also, there isn't the pressure of, defending there's the pressure of i want to add a slam go to 20 and be mm-hmm. like level with roger but there isn't the there isn't the usual pressure of defending points, and i feel yeah. like rafa i mean he's good at he's won it every single year except like once or twice but in general i feel that would help a little bit that it's it like i still have my points. it can't hurt I don't, I don't think rafa's ever been flustered by defending points per se but i i agree with the idea yeah okay so the u.s open is over now reem we made it we're done what are your impressions of how this tournament went? How would you how would you look back at this US Open from a from an encore perspective and just from your own experience with it? What will you take away? 
it was messy, honestly. It was messy. It was exhausting. Like just for, if, we're, if I'm talking even from like my perspective, it mm. was just insanely exhausting. It's, it's currently 4 a.m. where you are. So you are yeah, absolutely a hero again for being up doing this and everything. <laughs> oh, I still have a lot to do. So don't worry. But like not just from the Obviously, the hours are a huge part um because it's not like i was staying up all night and then sleeping all day that doesn't work like that's not mm -hmm. anyway i couldn't do that but also just i realized that covering islam remotely which we have we, we're not used to doing no. much you and i mm -hmm. is very difficult it's, it's actually it's, you're on call the whole time you're getting these texts all the time it, it's very different than being there being there you're kind of in control of your time a little bit more uh you know when to take a break you know when you can go eat uh, you know that even if you go eat, there's an announcement that you can hear and stuff like that. Right. Whereas with this, it's it's not that easy. You have to be. You get a yeah. text. You have to be a little bit more on edge the whole time. Like, uh oh, something could happen. Something could happen. Like, I feel like at a Grand Slam, the, you work maybe harder, more direct hours, but you can actually kind of clock out also at the end of the day. Yeah, so. and and you're not gonna be worried that you're missing out on something and not knowing about it, right? Yeah. Whereas I remember I accidentally took a nap before the Cincy final, women's final, and I woke up and Osaka had pulled out like 40 minutes earlier. Hmm. And, I, and I missed out on knowing that happened. Whereas if I was at the tournament and let's say I was eating or something, I would still know that Osaka pulled out and she's coming to press now and I'm gonna run, right? Like, it's that kind of edginess that you're on the whole time. The hours obviously are brutal. Uh, honestly, the press conferences are, have not gone very well. Like the moderation has not been great. If you're in the room, at least you can like raise your hand and be like a bit more forceful. Whereas here, like you're muted until you're unmuted. And if you're not called upon, you're not call, called upon. Sometimes you're called upon when you didn't ask yeah, for a question. That's also rough. It was, oh my God, the whole thing was honestly like two weeks of a whole mess. Uh, if we're talking about the tournament itself, there was so much drama in the first week with the, with the positive Benoit pair test and then players who were like in the pair 11 and this and that. And I think that was so messy, even just trying to get information from afar. Because, yeah. you know, again, if we're there, you can figure some things out. But the, we would find like someone's match is not on the schedule anymore, and but you don't know why it's not right. on the schedule. And the, and the explanations were not forthcoming. I mean, Stacey Allister and Mike Dow. So again, I, I I will say I do think that I can. Oh well, okay, I'll get to the positive part in a second. Like they only did their press conference explaining everything that happened with the pair thing today. Like yeah. you got to be more proactive than that when these things are happening, folks. I really think. And actually, I did demand statements. I did send requests for statements, oh, yeah. and I never got. A lot of people did. They never no, got back. No. Yeah, and, and and I feel like why I don't know why they think that's okay. Uh, maybe because we're not there, we're not pressuring them. I honestly don't get it. Uh, and yes, I do sound like I'm being very negative. At the end of the day, like you said, good on them for pulling it off, and only one person, one player, tested positive, and all that. But. There, I feel like there was no accountability whatsoever when it came to trying to explain certain things. The fact that they only today just explained why Manarino was able to play his match but delayed a few hours, whereas Kiki Mladenovic had to be taken out of the doubles, that is something that we got an answer from players. It was hearsay, right? Yeah. Like it was like, oh, Manarino tried to explain it or whatever. But we never really got a proper explanation from the tournament up until today. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I mean, to finish on a more positive note, like I, people listen to the show know I was skeptical about this US Open if they'd be able to pull it off. 
uh, if it was worth the risk pulling it off. And I think the conversation about with the risk involved and whether or not it's worth it or not to keep going forward with these grand events during a continuing pandemic that's not under control yet on any level. Are, these are questions that are still fair to ask. And certainly with the French Open coming up, I think they're fair questions to ask with them having yeah. thousands of spectators on site. But that being said, they sort of survived this tightrope walk through a hurricane. You know, they only had the one positive test. It wasn't like a massive outbreak. This wasn't a super spreader event. This was not Adria tour. This was yeah. something that, you know, they managed to pull off and they got done. And, and I enjoyed, like, I obviously enjoyed having work for two weeks, which I haven't had much of lately. So from an economic point of view, thank you to the U.S. Open for happening. Um, and then also from a, uh, you know, just having tennis to watch again, it was it was nice. And a lot of the tennis was really good. The women's draw was fantastic uh, pretty much the whole way. And so that was good. And the men's was what it was. And it's, you know, it's a certain kind of... Mm some people can really appreciate that kind of match. It's not anyone's first choice, but people can see the beauty in the struggle somewhat. So I don't know. Maybe I'm going soft in my old age. It's day 14. I'm getting loopy. Yeah. I don't know who you are being <laughs> at the moment. And maybe I'm the opposite because I'm just so cranky from the lack of sleep. But <laughs> no, I think that the women were super inspiring. I honestly like would get emotional during some of those press conferences, just from like the, 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 the narrative and the conversations. I definitely find for me personally, and I'm not trying to be biased at all, but for me personally, I just felt that there was such a huge gulf between the messaging that came from the women's side, which you've got Azarenka talking about like losing her ego, her personal growth, how she managed to get back to where she is and, and all of that. That was, that was deep. Mm -hmm. Like there were a lot of deep conversations with Bika. You obviously have Naomi Osaka, her activism, like just being super confident in who she is and the message she wants to put out and everything and playing that way as well and winning on top of all that, mm -hmm. that was like really strong. And then on the other side, you'd have like players who are upset because they have to be in isolation and players blaming the tournament for things that let's be honest, you are choosing to travel and play a tournament in a pandemic. You need to understand the risk which Manarino was good on that. Like he was like, I, I knew this was a possibility. You know, he wasn't complaining, but a lot of the others were. And even now, Benoit Per tweeted today, blasting the Rome tournament for putting him on a Monday because he's playing an Italian. And he's like, after what happened to me, that's like the- Oh my gosh, the, France, the, the entitlement of tennis players is still nuts. We know that. I mean, we you were, on the show, yeah. you were on the show months ago talking about the selfishness of tennis players. And the, yeah. two, the, the two protagonists of that episode largely were who? Sasha Zverev and Dominic Team, right? They were the people who we were most disappointed in and how they were handling the pandemic. So I think that's also completely fair for a match between them and the final to thus leave us a little cold. You know, if we don't feel like they're guys who've been going about things the right way or have been particularly inspiring throughout this in terms of how they're handling it. I think that's not that you yeah. said that exactly, but I think anyone who's feeling that, who wasn't ready to celebrate mm -hmm. Zverev, and I think there could have been more about that during this coverage, honestly, of the tournament from myself and others, like about how did Zverev ever, did he really apologize well for how he handled things? Did team ever show an understanding? I've, I have not heard, I have not heard Zverev apologize in English. Yeah, not in English at least. Or explain, yeah, or explain what he did. Yeah. And for me, I would actually, if I were him, I would take the opportunity after a very good tournament and be like, hey, listen, I need to clarify this. I would give him credit for that. Because it's not like people forgot about it. No, I you know what do. I mean? 
I, I honestly, this is, this is something that, that, that is annoying for me. Every time you would see Dominic on the screen and he doesn't have a mask on, that would annoy me. You know what I mean? Okay, if he's alone, if he's eating, that's okay. But have you ever seen Dominic with a mask? Uh, very briefly, <laughs> only when he gave medical timeouts, yeah. And then yeah, and during, he watched the women's final, though. it was under his nose. Yeah, he didn't have it on. And also, he, I think he got fined because people on his team, right? Like, he was on the fine list early in the week before he even played, remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be- and I think the fines were related to that, the breaking, yeah. like, the protocols. So it, may, it might not have been him, maybe it was his team. But anyway, that's not the point. The point for me is I just felt like there was such a big gulf between both sides. And, and that's why I got, like, really into the women's tournament the tennis was incredible the storylines were incredible whether it's jen brady whether it's just so many people were doing really good things even serena williams like there was just a like for me i was emotionally attached to a lot of what was going on on the women's side and with a lot of the men's stuff i was like guys stop whining honestly just stop whining and i do know that mladenovic also complained so it wasn't just the man mladenovic said that she felt like they were prisoners and we'll see. I mean, the French, I feel, is going to, is, we're going to see a lot more complaining. I feel we're going to see what the players are going to do. In France? Complaining? Who would have thought? Never. <laughs> Doesn't sound like French people at all. No. So, Reem, I could never complain about you. Thank you for being on the show again at this short notice for saving the day. Um, hopefully we'll get Yannick on soon to talk more. Because I did, I did want to talk to him about because he obviously has covered Zara pretty closely for a while. And so I was curious to get more background on all that stuff. We'll have him on at some point in the future, maybe in the near future, to wrap all that up at Reem. Thank you again for coming in and saving the day. And thank you also for being a Patreon backer. I'm just going to segue right into that. For our Patreon backers, we have one new backer. Uh, our last new backer of the US Open, I guess, is Kristen Lukowski. So thank you to Kristen for supporting NCR, which everyone can do at patreon.com slash no challenges remaining. Also support Reem on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reem Abuleil. She's been doing lots of good stuff during the US Open on there. And so great value. And just to thank her for her support of NCR and keeping this show afloat, send some love her way, please, please, please. Our Patreon Slam Champ backers to thank are Liz Kennel, Jonathan Weinbaum, Mary Carrillo, Leah Williams, Chuang Nguyen, Betty, Audrey Wellens, Sean Mulroy, Joseph Har. Susanna W. and Antonio Maycumber. And our GOAT backers are Mike, Charles, Cena, and J-O-D. Reem, I hope you get some sleep. I hope that you rest up and are feeling replenished and restored and renewed and revitalized because you have done a lot of hard stuff and deserve nice things. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> we've, we've only had, what, like, two slams this year. I'm just like, oh, so tired. So tired. This year could have looked easy on paper in some ways, but it just has not been on any level. At all. At all. But uh, we have persevered. We made it. <laughs> all right. And this outro will be in honor of the Ash DJ who played this song after Sasha Svera failed to serve out the match. The championship, which was the biggest DJ troll in sports history, potentially. I laughed so hard when he did that. I was, I was into it. Bye, guys. Bye.